Hello and welcome to the Life Central Youth Podcast. It is great to have you with us again. Uh, speaking to you now is Andy and I've got the wonderful Amy Plimmer with us. Hello. And we have got Adam Whitley as well with us. Hello. And today we are going to be talking all things church, football, Jürgen Klopp, Slavon Billich. We are going to be talking about how football and faith collide, how they can work together, um, how you can follow Jesus and your footy team and do it in the right way. And we're going to get stuck into that in a few moments' time. But first, we need to settle some really important footy debates. And the first is, Messi or Ronaldo, who is the GOAT? Adam, who's Ronaldo, the GOAT? Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Amy, who's the GOAT? Messi, Messi, Messi. Okay, no Adam, way. why Ronaldo? Because he's done it in every country. He's an absolute machine. He looks younger than he did when he began. And it, like he still scores absolutely amazing goals. Messi is overrated. Why Messi, Amy? Oh my goodness. If you watch him, he's everything a footballer should be. He's incredible. No one can stop him. He's just so talented. He's like a magician. One word, Van Dyke would stop him. <laughs> okay. Van Dyke. I think Van Dyke stopped both of them. So maybe, maybe, maybe Virgil's the goat. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> what we need to go with there. Okay, next question. Would you rather England won the World Cup or your team won the Champions League? Adam. Champions League, Liverpool every time. Amy. Um, probably Champions League as well for West Brom. It's very far-fetched, but so is England winning the World Cup. So Yeah, true. Yeah. I think possibly Albion winning the Champions League is more realistic than England yep. winning the World Cup. <laughs> um, but a lot of people know, know about my hate for in- the English mm. national team. Scouts um, not English. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and personally, I would rather... Liverpool won a throw-in and England won the World Cup. <laughs> wow. So, there it is. Um, okay, VAR or VAR? Would you, do you like VAR or not, Amy? Not at the moment. If it's used properly, then it'll be great, but it's just not working. So, no. I like it. I think it brings a bit of controversy, a bit of conversation, and it's worked in our favour quite a few times. So but like surely it. there was controversy and like discussion points before VAR? It was, but... I'm just in favour of it. So I like I loved it in the World Cup. I thought it worked really, really well in the World Cup. I agree with Amy, it needs to work better, but I, I'm a fan of it. I've got mm. no problem with it at all. My personal opinion is I like it, but if you put it in the hands of monkeys and idiots, yep. which is 99% of Premier yep. League referees, mm-hmm. then it's never going to be good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I also think as well, it's not fair just to have it in the top elite. It needs to be dropped down into some of the lower leagues mm-hmm. as well, to be yeah, fair. Can, yeah. can you imagine Kitty Sunday Elliot. League? <laughs> Sunday <laughs> League. Just, uh, just then go on a minute, mate. You've got to go look at the iPads. It's <laughs> <laughs> so On the side with an iPad. That is brilliant. Oh, can you have a look at VAR? Uh, get it done. <laughs> Sorry to all you Brummies and Black Country yeah. people there for <laughs> absolutely murdering your accent. I'll go back to my normal accent. Um, today, we are going to be talking just about how how can football and faith mix? When do they like compete together and when um, do they compete against each other? And so what I want to do, guys, is I want to read out two quotes from some famous football managers. And I just want to hear your thoughts, your feelings. What, when I read these quotes, what, how does it make you feel? So the first one is from Bill Shankly, who is arguably Liverpool's greatest ever manager. Um, And he said this, some people think football is a matter of life and death. I assure you, it's much more serious than that. And then another quote is from Carlo Ancelotti, who is the current Everton manager. And he said, football is the most important of the least important things in life. Amy, 
How do those quotes make you feel? Um, I definitely agree more with the Angelotti quote, I think, than the Bill Shankly quote. Um, I think the way Angelotti has said it's the most important things and the least important things in life is probably how I see football personally because, yes, I love it, but it's not life or death. It's not the be-all and end-all. Yes, I want West Brom to win on the weekend. Yes, I want to win when I play on the weekend, but um, that should not shape everything you do in your life. Um, But of all the things that aren't necessarily crucial in life, like family, Jesus, friends, all of that, it probably is top of the list. So I do like that quote. Adam, how do you feel? I think I tend to agree with Amy. I love Bill Shankly, don't get me wrong. And he probably was the greatest Liverpool manager ever. But to put it to that extreme is a little bit... It's massive, isn't it? I'd like to say it's bigger than anybody's life or anything else going on in life right now. I think with this too many big problems going on in life. Football is really important to me and it always has been, always will be, but it's not as important as my relationship with Jesus, not as important as my relationship with my friends. Mm-hmm. So like the other day, here's a prime example. Um, my wife, uh, her nan died all of a sudden, like um, on Tuesday, I had a game that I was meant to be going to as club chaplain and I just texted the club and said, look, I'm really sorry, I can't make it. I need to be with my wife on that day. And my wife, she's okay, she, mm. but, she, but I knew that my priority is to be with my family. And, mm. and I would choose my family every time over football. And I choose mm. my faith every time over football. Yeah. And you just dropped in there, club chaplain. Just tell us what you mean by club chaplain and, and what that is and who that's for. Yeah, so I am the club chaplain for the Kidderminster Harriers. That basically means that I, I'm kind of there. I'm not Bible bashing them. In fact, what a sports chaplain is expected to provide is like ongoing pastoral and spiritual care. Uh, it's often by the, the permission uh, of those in the club. And it doesn't matter if you've got faith or no faith. Um, and it really is it's more like to be there for the players. So like what, what happens when a player loses a game or and everything's going wrong in his life, like his wife's pregnant and he's stressed out with that, he's losing games, who does he go to? He needs to go to someone impartial and that's what the club chaplain's there for. But it's not just for the um, players, it's also for the staff and it's also for the fans as well. It's a really privileged role. Mm, uh, and I work for an organisation called Sports Chaplaincy UK and you can check them out online. And they mm. like most clubs in the country will have a chaplain won't they yeah. so we know definitely there's a full-time one at liverpool um there's one at west brom there's ones at clubs all yeah. around the country isn't there and like the guy who heads up um sports chaplaincy for the football in the uk is a guy called matt baker he's also the Charlton athletic um chaplain and he's an amazing guy um, but it's not just football obviously we're talking about football today it can be any sports we're trying to get chaplains into gyms into like taekwondo clubs rugby clubs mm. everything it's important you know we're talking about sport, we're talking about football. These are things that we're passionate about, but they shouldn't be, like we've just said, the most important things in our lives. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we need to get that really clear right from the start. Like, yeah. football is a, is a leisure activity. Yeah. Mm. Like, for 99.9% of us, football will never be a profession. There is a minute, mm. uh, like, percentage of people in the country whose football, whose job it will be to play football yeah. or to be involved in football. But if we're honest... Like footy can really affect us, can't it? Like, mm. like we're speaking in the week after Liverpool were thrashed seven two yep. by Aston mm. Villa. Um, so that's a moment of celebration for you Villa fans. <laughs> we're speaking again after another week where West Brom have lost the game. Yeah, have West Brom got a point in the Premier League yet? We've got one point. You've got one point. We well have done. one point. Well done. So I'm very yes. proud. So you should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's an achievement for can, us. You, can you hear the excitement in my yeah. voice? <laughs> But it genuinely does affect our mood, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? And yeah. like we say, football's like not a matter of life or death. Mm. Like, and it stopped during lockdown, 
how much did we miss footage or a lockdown? Yeah, like, yeah, so much. There is a fact actually about football being better than life or death where actually if your football team is winning, so if the local team is winning, then um, mortality rates are down and also like uh, repopulation is up in that area and obviously wow. you then you see economy go up in that area. Yeah, and unfortunately though on the flip side there's horrific statistics that come out. I think they released a statistic in the World Cup in 2018 that domestic abuse goes up 38% I think when wow. England lose and wow. it's terrifying that football can have that much of an effect mm. on someone it's crazy yeah yeah and I, th- and I think like we realise yes it's important it's probably not more imp- well it's definitely not more important than life and death mm. but it has an impact on Huge. all of our lives and all of our worlds and you know I, kn- mm. I know like when when there's a tight game and you know it's five minutes to mm. go and we're winning 1-0 like I, I could be a cardiac arrest patient. Yep. Like I'm yep. so, so nervous in the biggest teams. Mm-hmm. And so, what we want to do is is do a little bit of a deep dive into what the Bible says about it. What the Bible says about how we should feel. Um, is it okay to feel the way that we feel about our footy teams? Is it okay to react in the way that we do? Um, and we want to talk more about that. So I think we should have a little look at what the Bible says. Um, one of the Ten Commandments which is really, really early on in the Bible, says this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Mm. And, you know, what God is stating really early on in the Bible there is that he needs to be number one in our lives. That, you know, it's, it's not about us making idols and, and worship and things and you know none of you you know would would say to your mate hey i'm really struggling with with worship and other gods here like none of you would say that but actually like sometimes worshiping we can end up worshiping football teams and we can mm-hmm. end up putting our footy teams before god and you know that that bit that i just read there that's pre-jesus but actually if we look at something that that Jesus said. Jesus said to somebody, um, he invited them to come and follow him. And Jesus said, Lord, eh, sorry, not Jesus said, the guy replied to Jesus, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And then Jesus said to him, let the bury dead, th- let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Which sounds really harsh when Jesus is saying like, miss your dad's funeral and come and follow me. That feels really, really harsh. Um, but you know, when, when in those days when somebody said they wanted to go and bury their dead they were basically like it would happen really quickly and so what was being communicated here was this guy was like like stalling a little bit and like like wasting time and going oh yeah jesus i really do want to follow you but i just want to do all these other things first um and he was simply like i think he was simply looking for an excuse to avoid following jesus right there and then because there were other things that he didn't want to let go mm. of and i think sometimes like we we can have this attitude of yeah jesus i want to follow you but i also want to keep my season ticket yeah and i, and I want to go to the game and i want to watch this and i want to do this and i want to you know i, I, I want to follow jesus with all my heart but i don't want to miss training uh, and i think we can have have that that real challenge and for you like what are some some examples guys that you've had where like football has has maybe come before god um, and times where you've where you found yourself putting football or things around football before God, Amy, have you got any examples of that, or where you felt like challenged about about putting putting football before faith? Yeah, so um, 
I think since I've been about 14, I've always had um, a clash of interests, let's say, um, with church and football. Um, it started when I um, moved to and signed for an academy team and uh, the um, frequency of training went up. So I was now training twice a week and playing on weekends. And um, my training was clashing with um, gatherings at church and uh, midweek groups um, that we had going on at church. And I can remember vividly um, having like feeling challenged about where my priorities were going to be um I had to really deep think about it I spoke to my dad about it um and I basically decided that because I was training on a Tuesday and a Thursday um I would go to my midweek gatherings on a Tuesday um and I'd still be able to train on a Thursday um I sat down with my manager spoke to my manager about it and just said look this is the deal um I have stuff going on at church in the week is it possible for me to do this and my manager was so like totally fine with it um really happy and because I was worried about not getting picked and again that's when the priorities come in um and then moving on later to the last couple of years um I now play on a Sunday and that's come with its own set of challenges um luckily I've been able to pre-lockdown able to go to earlier services at church then go to football matches um some weeks that's not always the case if I have to travel so far for a game um but yeah it's for the last few years, it's been um, a balancing act, I'd say, mm, yeah. for sure. And I think it's really important to 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 think think about those things. Like when uh, I've written down here, in a match between football and faith, Jesus should win every yeah, time. Absolutely. And I remember being like a teenager, starting to get to grips with following Jesus. And there was a night mm. of a really important game. I think we played Chelsea, and um, we needed to win in order to qualify for the Champions League. And... Um, there was a thing that me and my dad had been going to, um, which was like a weekly event for 10 weeks. And it came on the same night. And me and my dad were both like, we want to watch the Reds, but we want to go to this thing mm. as well. And I actually said to me, dad, I think we should go to this church thing because like, we, 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 need, to, we need to make sure that Jesus is our focus yeah. and not the Reds. And hey, if we go to this, maybe God will honour us <laughs> and, and Liverpool will win. Liverpool did win, but I don't think God has anything to do with it. But I think so many times it comes to like, we want to watch a game and it clashes with something mm. with church. Um, and actually, mm. I think in a match between football and faith, Jesus should win every time. Mm. And I think like for me, church is such an important part of our journey yeah. mm. with Jesus. Yeah. And like youth is so like cruise hangouts at the moment there's such a key part being in in community with other christians and other people who are trying to you know send their life in the same direction as yours mm. which is following jesus like it's so important to, to, to be at those mm. things so important to make church a regular part of of your life and so yeah. like it's asking yourself what's the priority and how can we how can we like find that balance you know with you know maybe maybe the harriers are playing on a sunday and um, like how how do you balance that yeah i found that to be honest with you, i have found it tough like um especially tuesday nights tuesday nights are often church nights and we have uh, in non-league we have a lot of tuesday night games it's often mm. tuesday saturday tuesday saturday and i have to make that choice often to go to a church meeting and actually my last church was right next to the ground so sometimes i could hear the game going on while I'm sat in a prayer meeting and that was painful. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have to be honest with you, that was painful. It was like, yeah. I could feel something in me like, I want to be there, but I knew that I needed to be here. And I think there's a verse in Isaiah that I've kind of held on to for a long time. It's found in Isaiah 66 verse nine. It just says this, in the same way, I will not cause pain 
without allowing something new to be born, says the Lord. And I really believe that what God means in that is that he won't take something away from us unless he's going to give us something better and mm. something new. Mm. Uh, and I think that for for me, for a long time, I, we've just talked about it, like getting that balance right. I remember growing up and had to make that choice, do I go to church or not? Or do I carry on trying to make it in football? And I chose to go to church and I ended up back in the day, like going to like two morning services and evening service and then all the other stuff going on with church. Never did I think I'd have the opportunity to work for a professional football club. Mm. And now I've got that opportunity. And that is only because I've given it back to God. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so mm. I, I, I would just on the back of that, just recommend anybody to listen to uh, another podcast called F3, uh, Faith, Football and Fellowship. And it's an interview with a guy called John Bostick. If you don't know who he is, he used to play for Crystal Palace, youngest ever player for Crystal Palace mm. uh, and the youngest ever player for Spurs. And then he kind of had this up and down sort of relationship with God and, and, and football. He now plays for Toulouse and he, he runs this incredible sort of organisation called Ballers and Faith and it's all about connecting all the footballers together and I would just really recommend connecting F, connect with F3 and Ballers and Faith because it would just encourage you wherever you're at in your journey with God, whether you're a football fan or not, just to just keep pursuing him always and what John mm -hmm. actually says is it's like God is his number one over everything. He, he allowed football to be his God, but now he's like, God is my God and nothing is greater than Jesus. And he knows that he's playing for a higher entity there. And yeah. it's good. It's so mm -hmm. good. And I think, I think finding ways to prioritize church and mm. prioritize your relationship with Jesus is really important. And if you're not sure how to do that, like I'd encourage you to talk to your parents, like, like Amy said there, mm. or, you know, talk to, to your guardians or talk to your crew hangout leader um, or talk to one one of the life central youth leaders and we want we want to help you work this out and, and work through this but amy how can how can god use you in those environments like have you got times where you found god using you as part of your football team mm. and like it's not just oh god god doesn't just exist in the church does he, he exists mm, yeah. when we're in our footy team mm -hmm. so how do you allow god to use you um i think uh personally it's always trying to challenge the culture that mm. you find very mm. regularly in football teams um swearing such a big culture attitude on the pitch um potential like scraps on the pitch wh <laughs> whatever goes on um i just think that um throughout my time playing football when i look back um the way i see god using me is to try and be different and try and stand out and then um i also look back and see that God has given me so many opportunities to talk about him mm. at football um, in really unlikely scenarios that like I might be on a night out with my team and um, someone will just really randomly ask me a question and I'm just like mm. okay like this is an opportunity or I've been on holiday with some of my football team um, and again like had some really powerful conversations with mm. my friends about Jesus um, but yeah just I think the biggest thing for me is not to is not succumb into that environment and trying to be different and trying to stand out whether it's just dragging my team out away instead of joining in potentially yeah. having an argument with someone and um, trying to respect the refs trying to respect my managers respecting the other team um being humble in victory and gracious in defeat yeah. you know the classic um it's a salt and light isn't it yeah you're being you're called to be different you're called to be mm -hmm. set apart yeah. aren't you yeah, yeah. You know, I find that as well. Like, obviously, I, I have a different role to you're a player and I'm mm. a chaplain, but I find myself when I'm around the players, it's easy to get sucked into that environment, isn't yeah. it? And the banter in the dressing room, mm. all that. I spend a lot yeah. of time with the first team in the dressing room. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, my, it's your attitude, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. like what St. Francis of Assisi said, 
preach the gospel always but use mm. words when mm. necessary yeah like your actions the way you hold yourself it it, it just speaks mm-hmm. loads and loads of volumes to mm. these players yeah. and to it to your fans mm-hmm. as well i think yeah. it's yeah. massive isn't it yeah and i think you see you see it in premier league footballers as well like that brilliant thing i know it's liverpool focus but <laughs> you know seeing seeing alison becker the goalie oh my gosh um, baptizing roberto mm. for me you know like yeah. i'm getting goosebumps thinking about mm. it now when i seen that come through on insta i was yeah. like Flip and mm. go ahead, the Christian Reds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it's so good. And like, I've seen a, a picture of Alison, Roberto Firmino and Thiago. And somebody tweeted, like one of the main Liverpool banter accounts, tweeted, looks like Tiago's the next to be baptised. And I was like, <laughs> come, come on. on. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Yes. 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 And, like, it's that. just yeah. so good, isn't it? And you can oh. see yeah. that happening. Mm. Something similar happened with um, West Brom, actually, the, the night we got promoted. Um it was on Sky Sports and it was amazing to see. And it was all over Instagram afterwards. There was about four or five of our players that once they'd found out um, they got promoted, the resort would come through from Brentford. Um, they literally got down on their knees and were praying together yeah. as a group. And wow. it was honestly incredible. Like the West Brom official Instagram account was sharing it, like saying this is amazing. Um, and it was just incredible to see similar with you and like the Liverpool players. Like I just find it so exciting to see people on such a big platform. It's beautiful, isn't it? Um, yeah just proclaiming this love they have for Jesus and giving everything back to him. Yeah. I think that comes down to that verse, isn't it? Like, seek first the kingdom of God and let everything else be mm-hmm. added onto you. So, like, they, like, you can have everything in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. And I think yeah. these guys understand that. And mm-hmm. so when they seek God for holy, they just do it all for him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that time when Kaka wore that T-shirt where it said, I belong to Jesus, it just was like, Everyone mm. went crazy for that. It's one you know, of the best I, things I didn't ever. go crazy for that because that was in the Champions League final in 2007 was, yeah. <laughs> when AC Milan beat Liverpool. And I was there in Athens and I seen it and I was like, I want oh. to like it, but I'm so upset. <laughs> it was painful. It was painful. But let's, let's, let's move on then to talk about worship um, because worship is like a big deal. Singing songs in footy grounds is mm-hmm. a big, big deal. Um, and like... I always think it's it can be quite hard because it, it is that weird thing of like you you feel like you're worshiping a football team and a and a football player like Amy how do you mm. like put those two things together when you when you go up the Albion mm. like how how do you compare that to church and how do you manage that tension um I think there's quite a lot of similarities isn't there really with um worshiping Jesus in church and then hundreds of thousands of football fans chanting someone else's name because you're singing to someone you're praising someone you're you know you're singing as a group you're expressing delight you know yeah. very fuzzy lines between the two but yeah, um is, Mad. i think uh i try and make a personal choice where i don't sing certain chants like that might have swear words in or um things i just like don't agree with um I've always found it quite challenging actually going up the Albion because the our main song is The Law's My Shepherd. Shepherd yeah. um, and it's always been something that's a bit like everyone's singing it, but then um, they're not singing it in the way, I guess, it's supposed to be sung. Mm. Um, but for me personally, when I've always sung it, it's always been a, I know the meaning behind it. So, <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. I've kind of always joined in. Um, and I also think it's actually quite cool to hear everyone singing it, even if they don't mean to sing it in that way. I just just hearing everyone blast out one of the psalms, I'm just like I just get goosebumps to be honest. But I don't again. I don't think there's a problem sometimes using that as an act of worship. Mm. Like when I go to Anfield and we sing, I never walk alone. I, I love that. I feel like I'm singing that to Jesus, or Jesus is singing that to me sometimes. And 
I think that's okay to do that, but I do think there has to be a line where we have to be careful. Like mm. we talked earlier about Robbie Fowler, both of us are Reds fans, and like I remember growing up, everyone's like, it was God, he's God, 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 and I, it was yeah, so was weird. Nickname, yeah, it? it was so mm. weird to say that, and I just never could call him God because mm. it was just like it just didn't feel right to me because for me, God is Jesus. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And he, he, he is nothing compared to Jesus. Mm. And let's be honest, he wasn't the greatest striker we've ever had ever. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's my, he's my boy of the hero. Controversial. When it comes to worship, I think there are certain things that I keep only for Jesus. Yeah. And, and it's the same when I go to concerts as well. So, so for mm. me, like me putting my hands in the air and open palm up, like that's reserved for Jesus only. Mm. Um, and so, so I will point, um, <laughs> you know, I will, I will do the six times because we've yeah. wanted six times <laughs> and stuff like that. But there are certain things that I, I'm like, you know, I'll always make sure I sing louder in church than I do it at the match mm-hmm. because, um, you know, for, for me, I want to sing louder for Jesus than I do for the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important. And I think it is a fine line sometimes. And I think, this isn't me being like Scouse exceptionalism, but like sometimes with Liverpool, it is like there is something like different about Liverpool in terms of like like Liverpool is such an emotional city and mm. such an emotional club. Mm. Um, that that like there are things like Jamie Webster's brilliant, and I've been to some of his gigs before the match, and it's been it's been like like a worship session yeah. pre-match, and it's like at what point is this atmosphere, and at what point? is this is this worship and i mm. think i think we've all got to manage that tension and yeah. i think i think it's okay to get swept up you know it's okay to absolutely sing your heart out at the match we're mm. not saying it's wrong to like i want you to because you you as a footy fan make a difference when we can all get back in the ground like you will make a difference to the players mm. look at the mad results we've had football without fans is nuts yeah <laughs> um, and like Crazy. we need to get football fans back in the ground and football fans need to get back singing but like, let's manage manage that tension um, of of how loud you sing and what you sing and and how you talk about the players. I want to just move on to land with with your heart. Like the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. Mm. And I think so often with footy, your heart is involved yeah. <laughs> in so mm. many different ways. Ad, how do you guard your heart when it comes to football? Um, I think ultimately we've we've kind of touched on this. I, I put Jesus first. So like with with football, actually, we watched the match the other day. I don't really re- try to react too much because I think if I do, if I let my emotions overtake me, then it will just. It, it, I'm a really emotional person. I already know that in me. So I, I try to keep as calm as I can. Uh, I try to keep Jesus at the in the heart. And it sounds weird, but in a match, often when I'm watching a match for the Harriers or even Liverpool. Uh, I never pray that we win, but I just pray we play, we play our best and mm. that players don't get injured, basically. That's always my prayer. Mm. And so when I'm watching a match, I know that I can get sucked in. Like, I can get... Oh, the other day, actually, I was watching a Harriers game and I was like the, one of the only people... I sit, basically, in the Harriers. It's really weird. I sit with all the directors, even though I'm not. And, like, they're all really quiet and, like, all in their suits. And I sometimes get up and shout. And then I've had to realise that's probably not the right forum. But also, like what's going on in my heart at that moment? Am I getting angry for the right reasons? Mm. And getting, yeah. mm. Do you know what I mean? Actually, there's righteous anger and that's okay, but that's not righteous anger when you're at the football. Mm. That's, it's not that mm. important. What goes back to the first point, isn't it? It's not better than vigour or life, than life or death. Mm. Yeah, and rivalry's good, isn't it? And I suppose, mm. like with Villa, Albion, Wolves, mm. the Blues, like, like how do you 
guard your heart in those <laughs> in those games um i think as a fan and a player the biggest thing for me is checking my heart yeah and checking where like where it is and what my heart where it's placed in terms of my priorities and also like the bigger picture and things like that so as, as a fan it's very similar to what's been said um in that trying to control my emotions mm. the amount of times i've sat down to watch a football game with my brother and we argue because i'm just like you don't know what you're talking about like and we've ended up in separate <laughs> we've ended up in separate rooms you yes. know like honestly you know it's just little things like that and you're just like that's not like jesus is not there in that moment because like i'm letting my emotions overcome me um and then as a player as well like going back to like a little bit what I said before about um, prioritising church and football and the whole football versus faith thing. I don't think it's wrong to, for example, miss church one Sunday to go play a game. But I think if football is becoming a bigger priority and a bigger passion than your relationship with Jesus is, then I think that's where the issue lies. Um, And I think that comes back to checking your heart and checking what it actually is you want out of Mm. this life and your relationship with God. Um, I think when I play, it's a form of worship because I'm get, cool. I'm expressing my talents that God has given me, and I know that I would not be playing football um, and be in that team without Him um, mm. and without His blessing and without His gifts. Um, mm. So I think that yeah, just like what I said, just knowing and recognizing your your position and your relationship with God and how you need to fit football into your relationship with God, not the other way around. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah, if so that good. makes sense so good really Amy good. and I, I could keep going for hours and yeah. hours and hours because <laughs> like, I love Jesus and I love footy and I love the Reds and I could keep talking um, but you're probably fed up of listening to us <laughs> and I want to I want to close with one final quote and it's from an interview in Premier Magazine with uh, Jürgen Klopp and he said this he said the problem is I'm a Christian that in itself is not a problem but the problem is I think other people can have success too it's not about me. But if you ask me about Liverpool, I would like to celebrate something each season. And thankfully, we have the last two seasons. <laughs> um, Klopp has previously, previously spoken open about his faith. In an interview with FR Online, he said, to be a believer but not want to talk about it, I do not know how it would work. If anyone asks me about my faith, I give information. Not because I have a claim to be any sort of missionary, but when I look at me and my life, I take time and I take time for that every day, then I feel I am in sensationally good hands. I love that. Mm-hmm. We're in sensationally mm-hmm. so good, good hands so good. Um, with Jesus. But you know, like I just I love thinking, what could God do in our nation? Mm. Like like I love that Klopp loves Jesus. I love that there's West Brom players. I love that there's Premier League players all over the country. I love that there's chaplains. Like what could God do? It with with Christians who love Jesus and love footy, mm, what, what could happen on the terraces? Terraces? What could happen in in the non-league clubs? What could happen mm. in Premier League clubs? Like, I'd love to see more players mm. getting baptized by Alison Becker. <laughs> let's, let's call them. Um, they call him the Holy Goalie. That's his nickname. So in good, isn't it? Team. I love that. Like, what what could happen in our communities if if more people who love Jesus made Jesus their priority? Mm and wow. love the people around them and say god i'm available when i go to the match i'm available when i play for my team when i go to training i'm available and and i think imagine on the day when when churches are allowed to be fully open without social distancing 
what would it look like if church stopped traffic like footy does? Yeah. Like mm. everybody knows when yeah. West Brom are playing because Junction 2 is a flipping nightmare. <laughs> like everybody knows when Liverpool are playing because the roads around Anfield yeah, are a nightmare. Mm. Like what would it what would it look like? Imagine the day mm. when everyone goes, ah, oh, I'm not going to nip the shops in the car because it's Sunday morning, church is happening. Mm. It'll be, it'll be Ramo on the roads. Like I would love to see that day and I just think, what could God do? So I think if you're listening to this and you love footy, keep loving footy, but love Jesus mm. more. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a match between football and faith, make sure Jesus wins every time. And and just maybe as as we finish, just just say a little prayer and say, God, would you show me where you can use me? God, mm. I want to be available in my team, in in my football club, in me, you know, in me chats with me mates, in me WhatsApp groups about football. God, would would you help me to be available? for you to use me guys thank you so much Mm -hmm. for listening to our podcast please do share it with your mates if you've enjoyed it if it's spoken to you um why don't you give us a like make sure you subscribe as well um on spotify on on apple music as well guys we love you have a great week and we'll see you soon